You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What is NIL? What will be the impact of NIL? And name, image, and likeness, how will it change college athletics? We're going to break it all down for you here on the Alana Enquirer podcast. I am Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher. And joining us now is our NIL beat writer, Joey Wagner, who's been covering the heck out of this and doing a great job. I hope you've been keeping up with these stories. I know most of you probably hadn't re- read every one of them, uh, but Joey's been covering the heck out of what this name, image, and likeness is. Uh, so, Joey, uh, a month of kind of covering all of this as it comes to fruition on Thursday, July 1st. Like, is your head still swimming, or do you feel like you got a good handle on all of this? Both, right? I mean, I feel like I know as much as I can know right now, but every time, I mean, you see people ask, well, what about this, or what about this? And at the open house yesterday with Josh Whitman and Dr. Brian Russell and and Grace Dugan and Brad Underwood, the, the questions came and I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. And and I think you're going to see that. And Josh kind of said, uh, to paraphrase, I don't remember his exact phrase, said, we're flying, but we're building the plane at the same time here. Uh, I mean, there's going to be stuff that comes up that's what about this or what about that? And and in a year, it, you know, they said, look, we might look back six months, a year, two years and say, boy, I can't believe we kicked it off and we were doing that. You know, I mean, this isn't some finished product and there are going to be every answer is going to be on the table right now. But for the most part, I think I understand the the walls of the house. I don't know that I've got every room down completely, but I, I think I understand a good amount of it. Yeah. So we're going to try and break down a lot of those questions that people have about this because it is kind of a complicated topic. But the first big question is what is name, image, and likeness. And basically, Joey, it's the ability to profit uh, off marketing. It's the ability to profit off the brand that you can build. So a Zion Williamson who couldn't sell himself to Nike before or couldn't sell himself to any company, he has the potential now to make millions of dollars off that. Now, he is the top one percentile of college athletes, but if it's a if it's a golf golfer at Illinois, they can all of a sudden lend their name, image, and likeness or, or work for a profit from some business. I mean, that that an entity is what it is, or they could give a golf lesson and make money off it and still keep their eligibility. Is is that is that the simplistic way of saying it, Joey? Yeah, I think so. Look, and we'll use this starts on July 1st, so I don't think this is breaking news. We'll use Trent Frazier, for example. He was there yesterday at the, the signing People in Champaign know Trent because they've watched him. Uh, now, people know him, obviously, as they as he's been around town for four years. But a lot of people know Trent for four years. He's played on the Illinois basketball team. There is a market to have him be able to, to use. He's not getting paid for playing basketball in this instance, but he's getting paid because he plays basketball and because that's how people know him. So, yes, if, if a pizzeria, if a business, if a social media, they want to say, hey, we would like you to endorse what we've got here and we'll give you X amount of dollars. Now, Trent Frazier cannot say I'm Trent Frazier fighting a lion eye basketball player. That's not going to work. But what he can say is I'm Trent Frazier, division one basketball player. 
And frankly, if you're in Champaign-Urbana or the state of Illinois, that's probably still more information than you possibly need. But but it, it goes along those lines. Yes, uh, the camps, autograph signings. Uh, you know, a thing yesterday that was talked about that I hadn't learned about it, a lot about is these gift in kinds. Hey, thanks for coming to our restaurant. If you could tweet a picture that you're here, we'll give you a free burger and fries. Before that, the NCAA would have come in like stormtroopers to, to stop that, even though it's a $20 meal, that, that was not something that was going to fly before. But now that's something that could be open. How much will that happen? How much, you know, is that kind of like, eh, do I really want to do this for 15 bucks? Because they still got to disclose it. It's not like they yeah. can just get it and move it along here. So, so there's all sorts of those things, but in essence, the, the brands that they've built as athletes, they're now able to finally cash in on just in the way that we see, you know, Giannis in the Hulu Plus commercials or whatever it is, the Hulu has live sports. They're not saying I'm so-and-so with the Milwaukee Bucks or I'm Joel Embiid with the 76ers. They're just saying, this is who I am. And if you're a fan of sports, you know that's who they are. And now college athletes are being able to, to cash in on that. I think the other big question is the timing of this, Joey. And the reason this is all coming to a head is this has been a a long talked about discussion, right? I mean, this is decades upon decades of, you know, why, why aren't student athletes able to monetize more so than just the full scholarships? Because for most student athletes, I mean, they could go overseas and go pro if they wanted to. But here in this country, based on, you know, all these other, you know, especially basketball, football, if you don't play college athletics, it's been very difficult uh, to get to the pros. But now you're starting to see some of these leagues pop up, some kids going G League, some kids going uh, with this overtime. Um, So you're starting to see more kids choose a different route and kind of go more to the free market. But it's kind of always been the NCAA is not a very free market economy. Uh, And now you're getting more of the free market in. But it was basically one state challenged uh, the NCAA. California in 2019 passed a law called the Fair to Pay to Play Act, which is basically a name, image, and likeness that's going to begin January 1st, 2023. And they basically put the NCAA on the clock to start these things. And then other states pushed up that uh, timeline. So it's been interesting. It took state legislatures uh, kind of to pressure the NCAA to finally kind of getting to where I think most of the country and I think an overwhelming majority of the country sees it as fair that student athletes should be able to monetize off their name, image, and likeness. Yeah, and the NCAA, this is Wednesday we're recording this. The NCAA is going to vote and basically say, hey, have at it, but we've, we've got no rules for you, but knock yourselves out. You know, follow your state rules if, you, you know, if you've got them or your know, university can have rules, but go for it and good luck is essentially what they're saying here. And uh, so it's the NCAA available. is basically waiting for a federal government bailout, it, and they have dragged their feet on this conversation. And that's why these states finally put pressure because their constituents supported this. Obviously, their athletic directors had to support this at some point, and all the uh, Illinois athletic directors certainly have done that. So it, it's amazing. Um, the NCAA, we can, and the NCAA, we got to remember, is Illinois. It is Illinois State, Northern Illinois. These are the members of the institution that um, employ all the people at the NCAA. They have dragged their feet on this to the point when all of this goes into effect, it's like almost the Wild West of being like, okay, yeah, sure, go for it, but we aren't governing it, really, so it's it's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, and, and by the way, they decided that one day or, or what will essentially be like 12 hours before this thing starts to go state to state. So uh, they, and essentially it's what Josh Whitman said at the roundtables, what Cam Buckner said, who, who co-sponsored the bill in the House. It's you guys have had your chance to make this thing work and, and you've not. So we're gonna, just going to push ahead here. I mean, we, we've given you so much time. I, I don't know how much more time we're willing to to kind of sit and let pass here. So. The, the timing is interesting. There's going to be so many ramifications and, and so many different questions. And, and you know, is that and fair market value is going to be something we hear so much down the road. What is fair market value for, for some of these? You know, what's a fair market value for a, a student athlete to go to a birthday party and, and make an appearance at a six year old's birthday party? Well, it's really whatever the host of the birthday party wants to set the fair market value at, right? I mean, you can look and say, boy, I would have never paid that, but somebody did. And, and there was a market for it. So that's, you know, I, I know there are some people who say, well, you know, who, who have objections to this. And I just don't know, Jeremy, you're smarter than I am. I, I don't know if there's a market where it's just actively suppressed. I mean, this isn't where people are dragging businesses to the table and say, and pay these kids for endorsements. So, they want to be a part of this. So, so there's a market out there for that. It's just before tomorrow, really, that's just not been able to be capitalized on. So we'll, we'll see. And look, some players are going to come out and you're going to see them everywhere, right? We, we've seen Trent Frazier saying, hello, I, I am available for you. Cameo, you know, he, he sounds like Twitch streaming is going to be something for him. We'll, we'll probably see him here, there, or wherever. And some players are going to take a little time to, to see what this landscape looks like, what their best available option is. Is it to open the DMs and say, come find me? I don't know. Is it to, you know, just wait for people to find them on open doors? I don't know. You know open doors is what Illinois is using to really. Yeah. Can you explain open doors for people? I think that's a, that's a company a lot of people have heard of by this point, but what do they actually do in this process? So a student athlete can go on there and say, I'm interested in, you know, I, I can do a TikTok post for you. I can do a, an Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media post you want. They, they can find, you know, or these are my interests. I, I'm interested in X, Y, or Z. And companies can go in and, and they can find them and say, okay, we are interested in partnering with you. Obviously, if you have a larger social media following, you are more appealing in that realm, right? Nobody wants to pay somebody, you know, who has 300 Twitter followers or Instagram followers that, that's just not moving the needle for them. That's not financially something that, that's really going to benefit them. But here's the thing. A lot of student that student athletes have a substantially larger social media following than that. And it's my understanding. So open doors will kind of roughly tell you about what, what your market could be to help you set that baseline. You know, you have so many followers, a post could be worth this much money or that much money. So open doors is really the way for companies to go in and meet these athletes, right. To find out, you know, what they're interested in and how they can get it going. Now, here's the kicker. Here's what I learned last night. To build a contract through Open Doors, the companies seeking an athlete have to pay a 30% fee. So if you want to pay an athlete $100, well, it's costing you $130. But if you're a local business or wherever and you draw up a contract sitting around a table, you guys approve of it. It ha everything has to be uploaded into Open Doors. The state of Illinois requires disclosure on this. Now, Illinois cannot say good deal, bad deal. They can say this doesn't fall under the morality clauses as laid out by the state legislation. But they can't say, hey, I think you could probably get 
a little more right. than, than what you're getting. That's not something that they they're able to do. Right. So, so, you, so I feel like we need to take a step back here for sure, a second, yeah. Joey, just because there is so much to explain sure. here. And, and Open Doors is basically a third party company, right? That that makes these connections uh, between the athlete and between businesses. Because Illinois can't do that. The University of Illinois and their athletic department can't do that. Um, they can they can advise, they can do all these things, but they can't say like, hey, you should take this and not take this. But what is in that NIL bill in Illinois? Like what are, what is the things Illinois student athletes can do and can't do based on that bill? Like what are the parameters of SB 2338? Alcohol, tobacco, drugs, that, that's not going to fly. Let me pull up the store here just to make sure I've got it all. Uh, adult entertainment, you're not going to see college athletes being a part of that. Oh, boy. And they also have to report, right? They have to report. They have to report. Their- and that's what Open Doors, Open Doors really, outside of finding the athletes, this is their, this is where they disclose it. And someone will go through and look and look at all the disclosures and see if it falls into all the right clauses. But this is really the hub. So even if, if someone were to drop a company at a table at a restaurant, they've got to upload that contract into open doors to say, Hey, this is what we've done. This is, you know, how it handled. Now there won't be the fee or whatever, but it's got to go in there. Every, even a, a free meal at a restaurant, you've got to take a picture and put it in open doors. Everything flows through those doors there. So that's really the key here. You're not going to see, you know, I I think there was some confusion about that. You know, for me, at least a couple of weeks ago where, you could look up and see a student athlete, you know, in a commercial, everything flows through that. Everything that you accept has got to be disclosed. And again, no sports betting, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, vaping products, adult entertainment, or any other product quote considered to be inconsistent with the values of a post-secondary institution, or which would bring embarrassment, scandal, or ridicule to a college university. Okay. So, any risque products, right? Like you, you, you're, it's you're it's got to be PG thirteen, basically. Right. I, I, you're not going to see a student athlete at, at a local bar. Right. I guess you know, but there is a gray area because if it's a restaurant, I, I don't know. Right. I, I just don't know. Uh, so, so there are rules in place, and that's something that Josh Whitman, that Governor Pritzker, that Cam Buckner, they said, look, we've done this to a sense that it's very you know, detailed that we feel like we've got the safety parameters in place to help guide them through this. Uh, so we'll see, right. I and mean, we'll yeah. see how fast and furious, but open doors is a hub. And that's what people have to understand. Illinois calls it the influence program. Uh, I think DePaul called it, DePaul called it legacy. It's all different words for what really comes down to open doors is built within this program we have within our athletic department. So 20 states have passed NIL laws, specific laws. 11 of them take effect this year. I believe almost all of them uh, on July 1st, so on Thursday. Then there are 12 more states that go into effect in the next couple of years. And I imagine you're seeing, you know, uh, executive orders. Ohio was one of those. Uh, Kentucky was one of those. Like they're just like, hey, we we can't be at a disadvantage to to some of our competitors here. And I'm sure there's an intense lobby from the athletic directors and coaches in those states uh, to make sure they're not left behind. And Illinois uh, certainly has been part of this first wave. But we mentioned it, Joey. The NCAA is kind of taking a back seat here. So is this on Illinois? to enforce or the NCAA, like how will this all be monitored and enforced? 
So they hired a guy, Cam Cox, who's heading up the Influence program. Uh, he started literally last week. He's a lawyer from New York City. Sports is, is his, not from New York City. He has been practicing, I should say, in New York before he took this job. Uh, so he is the one who who's going to be watching these disclosures come through here. And, and you know, that comes, I think, as he described it, you know, comes through open doors after it's already been, the contract has been completed. Uh, so that's, I think but that to me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if there's a morality thing, you're going to want to stop that in its tracks right. before it gets going. So this is on Illinois to enforce it. The Again, not, not, not direct them where to go, not tell them they could get more money here or there, but just to make sure it falls within the legal work of the state. Um, the NCAA is saying, good news for you. It seems like you guys got a grip on this. See you at March Madness. <laughs> All right, Joey. So when we come back, let's take a quick break. This is obviously a very exciting time, uh, especially if you're a student athlete, uh, but it's also a very, I think, nerve wracking time, maybe for some student athletes who, who want to make sure they do this right. Uh, certainly for the NCAA, certainly for these Division One programs, also a lot of opportunity here. But let's talk about those dynamics of what this means for players, how much they can benefit from this and the potential pitfalls. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Joey, so Trent Frazier is open for business. You talked with him yesterday. Vidarian Lowe, uh, an offensive lineman at Illinois, you talked to him yesterday. Um, what do you think, uh, wh- what are you hearing about how much these players can benefit? How much could a Trent Frazier earn? I mean, I think we know uh, somebody like a Zion Williamson or you know a, a Joe Burrow could have made probably millions but for, for somebody like Trent Frazier or Vidarian Lowe, what, what is the opportunity? Or an Andre Curbelo or somebody like a Kofi Coburn uh, if he were to come back? Not, not that that seems very likely. Yeah, not, not to get out of a figure, but that is the quietest thing I can find right now. No one seems to have, at least seems to be willing to share that figure. I mean, you, I, I don't know. I mean, Andre Curbelo, for instance, he won. He's you know he's got this vibrant personality. He's flashy. He's also bilingual, right? And he is well known in Puerto Rico. You would figure to think that could help him. He could do well with this. Iota Sumu, Trent Frazier. I, I don't know the figure, and I don't know that. I'm sure people do know it, and I'm sure they're touting that figure in meetings that we are not privy to. Uh, but you know, I I don't know. Could six figures be a possibility? Sure, it could. Right? I mean, I, I think that's reasonable for some of the 
the top line faces of college athletics that, that six figures is reasonable. And I'm sure when this all comes out, I'll look at that and say, boy, you know, I was, I was probably low on some of these, these uh, faces of college athletics, but I don't know. And it, it's going to be so different. Uh, you know, the, the men's gymnast, Dylan uh, Holek, I believe is his last name. He's got half a million followers on TikTok. I don't know that anybody would have walked into this and thought, Hey, this guy is going to be one of the top earners. And, but he will because he's got this social media. So it varies. And, and what is that number? I don't know. Greater than zero, not, not to, to be a jerk about it. I, I just, it's more than what they were making, yeah. but how much is that? I don't know. How much could it change? I don't know. I think maybe we'll start seeing some of these. I, I don't know that we'll ever see the figures, but I think the word will start to get out. I would think in the course of the next, probably even two weeks, like, Hey, this is going really well for so-and-so. And what is really well, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think that's one of the big questions is we, is we don't know. And it's, it's, a, it's a brand new territory that we're going to find this out as it goes along. I, I think the top stars in college athletics, I mean, we're, we always talk about men's basketball and, and football, obviously. Uh, and I think a lot of those obviously have a huge uh, following, but some of the biggest earners can be women's basketball players like Sabrina Ionescu when she was here, Caitlin Clark, who's over in Iowa. I mean, these are some of the most popular athletes uh, in the country. Women's gymnasts, uh, there's there's a lot of, and men's gymnasts as well, but they can make a, certainly a lot of money off this as well. So Illinois and the athletic department have been pretty progressive with this, Joey. They have uh, embraced it. Um, I think Brett Bielma obviously hired someone, Patrick Pearson, as you said, to kind of handle this and to build up brand and image. And and he he accepted this and, and kind of embraced it because he knows it's going to be a part of college football and you got to be at the forefront of it. Josh Whitman certainly has done that. Brad Underwood spoke yesterday. And I think he knows the power of Illinois' fan base, of the Illinois basketball interest. Uh, and he certainly could sell that to somebody like Dawson Garcia, the, the Marquette transfer who is visiting uh, Illinois this week. Um, so what, what do you make of the mood inside that Illinois office? I know some of them are uh, a little nervous about what this will look like and the fact that it could be kind of the wild, wild west here early on. But what do you think uh, Illinois sees NIL as for their school? Recruiting tip, man. This recruiting tool, Brad Underwood made no secrets about that. Now, that doesn't mean they're saying, come here and we will drive you to X, Y, and Z establishment, or, or we will give you numbers for X, Y, and Z person you could work with. That's not, and that's just not going to work. And that's, that's going to end the party before it starts. But they can say, over the last X number of months, our student athletes have had this kind of impressions on social media, and, and they've built their brand up this way, they can say they, I, I believe they can say they've made this much money on, on average on NIL as I, I think that falls within the rules. That is a recruiting tip, right? That, that, that helps you to, to have all that information available to say to a recruit, come here. And as soon as you're enrolled, you're going to have these opportunities uh, to, to make some money here. Now what we'll see. I mean, I, I know a lot of people immediately hear stuff like that and think, this is going to be a total mess around the country because not everyone is going to, you know, the, the people are going to toe the line. But let's just be honest yeah. with this. In college athletics, coast to coast, people are going to toe the line. Uh, we'll see, right? I mean, I, I think having these numbers and figures available and Brad touted out when, when Io announced he returned last year, that video had two times the impressions of the NBA finals. 
so they can say, hey, there are people in the state, people in this community are crazy about this on social media. They love it. They, they can't get enough. And and as we talked about, the more followers you have, the more appealing you are to companies. So it's a recruiting tool. Yeah. And I know some of there's like these traditional ways of marketing, right? Autograph sales, like you said, uh, merchandise, t-shirts. Uh, I would assume it was a lottery deal, things like that. Um, we think of that stuff, but I, talking to people inside that athletic department, the number one thing is going to be social media. One, because it's easy. They don't have to go anywhere. They can do it from their phones. Uh, but with all the followers they have, it's immediate reach. It's immediate impressions, as you're talking about, rather than some random commercial on local TV that might get 5,000 people watching or something like that. Um, or, you know, one autograph, you know, session uh, in Muhammad or something like that, where you're going to get probably a couple hundred people and, you know, get some good money doing that. But the social media aspect of it is so easy, um, you know, videos on on YouTube, whatever it is, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how players kind of accept these brands. Um, but this is going to be like, how quickly do you think these athletes embrace this, Joey? I mean, is it July 1st, Thursday, Friday, we're going to see Trent Frazier out there? Yes. I mean, Trent, Trent basically, Trent said, look, this is my last year here. I've got a window to capitalize. I have every intent to capitalize on this. Uh, some athletes won't, right? Some athletes are going to want to watch the lay of the land and see what what it looks like. Uh, let's, this just broke here. The Omaha World News yeah. in Nebraska broke that all collegiate student athletes in Nebraska will officially have at least one business offer when they can begin profiting off their name, image, and likeness. And it is coming from a, a Runza. restaurant. Runza. It's a, it's a basically a gas station restaurant, like Casey's General Store. Oh. So I don't know if that's like they get free food or something. Don't, I don't, I don't, don't get me off track when I'm talking about uh, <laughs> Casey's here. But now, will, will every athlete in Nebraska run to that and do that? I don't, you know, maybe it's just not for some, you know, some athletes if they decide what they want their brand to be. I thought Eva Rubin, the women's basketball player yesterday, was was so thorough and thought out in this. And she's a type one diabetic. I think, it, you know, we could see her working with, with you know, insulin pump companies or or whatever it takes to to you know let her play basketball and that is a brand that i think she would be very interested in being yeah. a part of now not everyone is going to want to jump on every single brand out there and it's just how they want to market and that's a little bit what brian russell talked about is his concern is we want to see you know what athletes he wants to know that athletes are thinking this all the way through right, right. what what is going to have the longest term impact of building who they are rather than getting a free meal and you know well some athletes and, and so this is interesting we talked about the deal in kind where you know you take a picture but if, a, if an apartment company wants to have you sign autographs three times a month and in return you get half off of your rent for that month you know that, that's another thing that's again it's got to be disclosed but it's not a local commercial and frankly we probably wouldn't know about it unless we heard about the autograph signing. Right. And it's one of those things where you don't see, you know, so-and-so on radio or television or, or on social media promoting this, but they're still benefiting just kind of outside of most of the public eye. Obviously people are going to want to get their autograph signed. They're going to push that all the way to the moon to get people there, yeah. but it, there's so many different layers and elements to this. So Joey, with every well-intentioned 
uh, new thing that comes along or new policy, uh, there are unintended consequences that could have negative effects. And we think of the first one as new policy, new rule, and a competitive marketplace like college athletics. Someone is going to try, as you said, and step into that gray area, which is very big gray area, it seems like, right now uh, in college athletics, and take advantage of this. So it just feels like early on here, um, what what are the you know boundaries set in place to keep you know a school from kind of acting like a pay to play? Like you said, you know a, a big time donor, do they bring in a, a big time basketball player for a birthday party for two hundred thousand dollars. Like how how is that how is that kind of kept in place when obviously that is not fair market, but if it's it's the free market, um, but also that it feels like the NCAA that's where they would come in or the federal uh, would come in and say you could only make this much and put a cap on it. But it seems like those things aren't fully in place yet. Yeah, and I don't know that a cap would go over very well, right? And I think again with the Supreme Court ruling in the Alston case, I think the NCAA is going to approach a lot of things very gingerly. Because it feels, Jeremy, we had we talked about this when the case went, it feels like this is kind of walking on eggshells if you're the NCAA because the Supreme Court has kind of laid out like, hey, I don't really think what you guys are doing is all that right in the marketplace. Um, but, but, you know, it kind of stopped there for at least now. So I, a cap to me is just not the answer. And I asked specifically about that where I said what – would it raise a red flag in, in open doors or wherever this has got to be disclosed if so-and-so went to a, a birthday party and, and they recorded that they made $200,000 for coming in and singing a happy birthday for 15 minutes and, and walking out of there? And here's effectively what I was told is, okay, yeah, we understand where that could be, you know, could raise some flags, but the fair market value is what the market, whoever sets the market is what the market is. If someone's willing to do that, not everyone's going to be willing to do that, but you can't come in there. I think it might be challenging to come in and say, uh, no. You know, right. So it's, so- it's basically, it's basically the, the bag as people talk about it is just out there in the open. It's just, it's just out there in the open in, in turn for one service. But if you're at a birthday party for an hour, uh, if you got paid that much, I guess, you yeah, know, good work so, if you can find it, man. Yeah. I just, I guess it can't be attached to attending that university, but I mean, come on, how do you, how do you monitor that? How do you, how do you keep that? So yeah, that is, that is a concern of, of certain schools getting advantages or, or certain schools just, you know, taking advantage of these rules, which I, I expect to happen. Um, and, and there also just seems to be a traditionalist argument here, Joey. And I think it's a minority of people, but this is amateur athletics. This is what the NCAA has held on for, for so long. Uh, but that seems to be the losing side of the argument at, at this point that, you know, this is quasi professional athletics. And I think now the reality is, yep, we know we are. So we're accepting that we are now quasi uh, professional, quasi amateur. Like we're, we're somewhere in between now. Right. I don't think the I don't think the how people view college athletics should change on July 1st right I mean this is just kind of the rules around it are changing but what this is this quasi professional this this is what it has been that's why we're at this point right now is because people said hey we're you know our you know what we do on a field on a court on a track on in a gym we're kind of pumping in money to this place here and, <laughs> kind of kind of <laughs> Yeah, like we're not really seeing 
much of that. And eventually, as you said, it took a state to say, uh, hold up now, this isn't how an open market should work. Uh, So none of that's changing. I mean, everything's changing, which is what we've written for a month now or beyond that. But I don't think what college athletics is, is changing. I saw people, you know, there's some takes out there, right? I mean, there are some some takes that exist on, on the internet here and People are mad online, Joey. That doesn't happen. Online. People, I got a little mad online watching people get mad online <laughs> yesterday. And, and they said, well, that, that's when you close out your exit, man. That, that's when you just, exactly that's when you that, just laugh and, and exit. Turned on, turned on some, some TV and checked out, but they, they said, well, they're not playing for the love of the game anymore. It's like, well, hold on. You can love the game and also love having, you know, a hundred bucks in your pocket for, for doing something. That doesn't, that doesn't change the reality. A you lot and I, these- you and I love our job and we like getting paid for it. That this yeah, is these, I, these are these are not mutually exclusive. Right, I would not be doing this for free. I enjoy the time that we spend podcasting and writing stories, not games. But money is nice, right? <laughs> and that doesn't make me like this any less. Uh, frankly, if I wasn't getting paid, I would probably like it less than I was if I was getting paid for doing this. So uh, I just think it's a change, and people look at this like, oh my god, it. You know, who cares? I mean, this this is coming out of the pockets of, of businesses who are signing up for this voluntarily. This isn't a, a you know, get there now. No, it, now are there going to be concerns? As we just talked about things where you look at it and say, that doesn't seem entirely right to me as I understand how, how this works. But I, I just don't. So you see a couple, you know, really the, the biggest impact for this is going to be your social media feed. If you follow a bunch of athletes, it's probably going to look a little different th- than what it has before in terms of you're going to maybe see some some Gatorade, some Powerade, uh, some headphones. You're going to see stuff like that. And, and you'll see them on TV. You'll see more TV commercials. And God forbid you get to take your kid to get an autograph somewhere. Oh, the horror. Right. I mean, oh, gee, can you imagine? Well, so, and, and think about that. Like how many people listening to this podcast right now would pay 10 or 20 bucks to get an autograph from Andre Corbello? Like, and they, and w- wouldn't that make you feel better that like, Hey, you're, you're supporting this guy that, that, you know, he can send money back to his family. And, you know, several of these student athletes don't come from, you know, very rich backgrounds. Some do, but either way, why not allow them to, to profit off that market? Some of you wouldn't want to pay for an autograph. That's fine. But like, there's a market for that. And why shouldn't they be able to capitalize off that? It's, I think it's a, it, this is a very interesting issue, Joey, because as you know, there's not a lot that brings people together in this country, but like there's labor rights on the left, there's free market on the right. And where do we meet? It's that name, image and likeness where you're seeing these bills pass, you know, with 70%, 80% majorities. The Supreme Court is 9-0 on their ruling against the NCAA because of these two issues. It's a different case, but very similar, uh, you know, background. So it's just, it's very interesting how like the country is kind of, for the most part, uh, coming together. I think that vi- vocal minority against it is is a very pretty small minority. And I also just don't know how much research the vocal minority has done into it. I, I think they see this and say, well, I don't want the university giving athletes money. And well, they're not even close to doing that. Look, Vidarian Lowe was one of the players we talked to yesterday. He, you know, Jeremy, I, Tangent, I remember he was kind of a quiet, you know, his, his sophomore year. So like I, I would have never pegged him to be speaking at a press conference with the governor as his monumental. Uh, anyway. Well, think, I, no, I think about that image. Um, and, and for the University of Illinois, 
I thought that was great PR yesterday to have, no matter what you think of the governor of Illinois, and I know people have very differing opinions of him, you have him sitting in your basketball arena with that background, with Josh Whitman, uh, Cam, you know, the, the state representative, Cam Buckner, who's a former Illini who spearheaded this bill along with Napoleon Harris, the Northwestern former football player who's now a state representative. And you have Darian Lowe and Ava Rubin and Trent Frazier all standing there with him. Uh, I thought that was fantastic imaging for, for Illinois. And I thought uh, it was really smart of them to, to kind of have that all together and have these student athletes, as you're talking about, give their stories and why this is something they want. And they're all very different stories. And look, we wrote a story about Bedarian and his, you know, I think his story now is well told. He's got two children. He's a guardian for his brother. He's married. And and we saw a lot of the feedback was really pulling for this guy, rooting for you, Bedarian. I hope, hope you have a good season. Okay. That's great. But now if he does an autograph signing, you can really, really root for him, right? And the NCAA is not going to tell him he can't play in the next two games. And so that's the way that I think people don't – I mean, I'm not – if you don't want to go get an autograph, don't go get an autograph. But if, if there's a way that you feel like that's your outlet to support them, then now you have that outlet. So, yes, there are going to be unintended consequences. And, yes, you're going to see over the course of the next – However long the, the people are going to say such and such happened and eyebrows are going to re- be raised across the country as, as all of this starts to unfold in real time. But there's a way that these, you know, and I think a lot of people think, could it stop somebody from going pro for a year, right? A lot of, you know, you see it, it's a well-told story. Yeah, you know, the, the, maybe they're not entirely ready, but, you know, this is the right time for them in their personal life to go pro and start getting a paycheck. You cannot fault them for that. Maybe, and, and again, we don't know what the money's going to look like, yeah. right? I mean, we just don't. But is there a chance that could buy another year in college for your favorite athlete? Sure there is, because the money that they have the potential to make exists now. Yeah. It might not be enough to, to hold off that, overwhelming desire to start their professional career but the opportunity is on the table i think of somebody like matt liner remember when he came back and everybody was shocked like how much money would he have made as a, as a senior at usc as the heisman front runner at that point now he didn't win it and he actually slipped a little bit in the draft but he would have made a lot of money his senior year if he would have came back i mean andrew luck i don't know how interested he would have been in that but he was also a guy who shocked me i mean if you go to another level Like if this were a couple years in and maybe Illinois still trying to convince him, um, but Kofi Coburn, if he had a year of figuring out like how much can I make off this, he seems unlikely to get drafted and maybe he just wants to go pro and doesn't want to go to school and he's going to make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars next year, probably anyway. But could he do that at Illinois? Andre Corbell, is he a borderline draft pick next year? Um, And if he came back for a third year with a potential Big Ten championship team coming back, what could he make? I agree with you. I think a lot of that um, is there um, that, hey, how much can that change those decisions? And it really could help schools in their pitch of, of keeping these guys rather than them uh, going off. And, and to be honest with you, Joey, another part of that, and it could help the NCAA's cause, is they want these guys to graduate, right? Like if, if, they, if there's incentive to stay, they're more likely to graduate, which is great for the NCAA. And more importantly, it's great for those student athletes, too. Right. Yeah. And, and again, we have no idea, right? We, we have no idea what financially this is going to look like, or at least I don't. I know people have ideas of it and not enough that I would 
probably feel comfortable in, in sharing exactly someone every person you talk to has a different figure right so and not particularly willing to share a lot of those figures but the fact that you know the figure has potential to be greater than zero i, I think that's as, as how i'm going into this looking at it that even if in a calendar year an athlete comes out with five grand i don't know it's just a completely random number well it was five grand more than they had at this time last year for posting a tweet right i mean it, it doesn't so so yes to, to the greater point that that could absolutely play into it and especially as you start to get more of a of data as you collect data that our athletes have made this 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 and this and we can project you to make this if you were to come back for another year that that data right now just can't really exist at least in the realm to share it from them so i'm trying to think of a way to sum up this joey it's that the college athletics world has changed most people believe it is fair for the players to be doing this, that most universities, most athletic departments, most states now are embracing this. Student athletes are ridiculously excited about these opportunities. And I'm sure there's a lot of former student athletes who are very jealous of that right now, but their fight, whether it started with Ed O'Bannon versus the NCAA, uh, I think, you know, fans, this will allow them more opportunities to interact or to help out the the student athletes that they root for. Uh, But that the NCAA is kind of being dragged along with this right now and that there could be downsides of this and we still don't know exactly how much student athletes will benefit uh and we also don't know how many problems uh this will cause like we will it feels like we need to convene back in a year to discuss exactly what this looks like and how it has changed college athletics and maybe in a year the NCAA will have given any bit of guidance ever at any point to, to help this out. Look, here's as we get closer to this thing in 12 hours now, when Josh Whitman made a good point about this as we talk about the NCAA, they, they now know the rules they have to play by, right? They have known those rules for about a month, roughly a month when this bill in the state was passed in the House and in the Senate. So they've been able to prepare along those lines. And I remember Josh had told us at the the round table is we're prepared to pivot. If there's a national, and I think the the overwhelming preference is just let's make this a national thing from, from, I mean, that doesn't seem to be a secret uh, from from people that you hear from who are on the record and saying things, but to be able to know what the rules are and the parameters are that has helped them. And I will say Illinois has been very aggressive and pushing this out. I mean, Brian Russell told me, quote, open for business. We use that in the headline. That was literally on the wall in the Smith Center yesterday when they opened. They had an open house for businesses to come in. I thought it was really, that was a smart move. I mean, they, they were literally want, open for business. They literally, <laughs> and they want these these businesses to partner with their student athletes. Now, they can't, again, I, I feel like you got to say this every time, they cannot be the matchmaker in this experience here but they can provide the student athletes with the information they need and the businesses. And I thought that was a really smart thing last night to have businesses who, who could potentially be interested in creating a partnership with these student athletes and explain to them, you know, step-by-step step how this would work and, and credit to Josh and Illinois for kind of getting out there and saying, Hey, July 1st, man, we, we don't want our kids to wait if they don't want to wait. If they want to be a part of this, we want to arm everybody with the information to, to have this and, 
again, we'll see what happens in a year. Uh, you know, what what does this not what happens? I think we know what's going to happen. Is this is going to continue on? But what this looks like? What what is the landscape in a year? What what is the actual value? Because that's what everybody everybody wants to know everybody's finances. That's just how we all exist here. That's why everybody, you know, fights over seeing a contract or, or whatever. They want to know what these kids can make. And, and for what reason, I, I couldn't begin to tell you, but, the, but they want to know and, and that's fine. So maybe we'll have more of an understanding of that six months in a year. I, I don't know. It's amazing how much college athletics is changing this year. It is it is amazing uh, how much it is. It's been a long fight for a lot of these different issues that we've been talking about, whether it's a one-time transfer, NIL, uh, all of it. It's, it's, it's all coming to a head right now, and it's a new world for college athletics, and I think it's it's mostly for the positive, uh, in my opinion. I think it's mostly for the positive of you know being fair to these student athletes. Um, where this is this has been, as, as Brett Kavanaugh said, this is this has been a monopoly, um, and now student athletes, after all this fighting, and and we've had so many debates about this over the last decade. It's starting to become more fair within this NCAA model, uh, and we'll see how it goes moving forward. But, uh, Joy, I think we, we covered it all, and I think you've been covering the heck out of this uh, during name, image, and likeness, and we'll continue to learn more. Yeah, man, it's been it's been eye-opening. It's been fun. Yesterday was a long day, I, I think, for, for both of us, but it, it's, been, it's been fun to kind of learn some of the ins and outs of this. Thank you, Joey. Thank you. Great stuff with Joey Wagner, who's done a great job covering everything about NIL. One of the things we didn't uh, talk about there, and we actually talked about after we wrapped this up, is the taxation of it. And Joey informed me that Open Doors uh, takes care of all the tax forms that are needed, which is a good thing for student athletes. So that's another angle of this that, that student athletes will have to be prepared for is filling out all the tax forms of all of this, uh, which all of us are pretty accustomed to and it can get complicated. So Open Doors takes care of all of that as well. Hope you learned a lot more about NIL, what it is, how Illinois is embracing it, how it will go into effect and what it can mean for college athletics. And a lot of those things remains to be seen. Uh, but uh, I think Illinois does have a good grasp of this, that for some athletes, this this is a new world, and it's going to change a lot. For others, it won't, uh, but it certainly changes college athletics and student-athletes' relationships with, with businesses, with marketing and branding and all of that. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here, and we'll be paying attention. As always, check out IlliniInquire.com for the latest information on Illinois athletics, football, Ball, basketball, we got you covered there, and all the other sports as well. And thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that. And uh, give us a rating and review as well. That always helps us out as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay.